You're listening to the Horror Game and Friends Podcast. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Horror Cave and Friends podcast. I am your host, Chad, and today we have the biggest special guest on the podcast to date. Now, before we get into this interview, none of this was possible without any of you guys, our listeners, who's been supporting us since day one. Thank you guys so much for supporting us for every single episode, whether that was True Crime Roulette, a past special guest interview, um, everything that you know we've done that you guys have supported. Thank you all so, so, so much. And enough of me speaking. I want to get right into this. Enjoy this interview with Art the Clown himself, David Howard Thornton. All right, everybody. We are back. We have a huge, huge surprise for all of you. Ladies and gentlemen, you may have seen him in Terrifier, the mean one, and Terrifier 2, Art the Clown himself, Mr. David Howard Thornton. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. This is a dream come true. This is insane to us. This is oh, amazing. no problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. This is uh, this is awesome. Um, so whenever we have a special guest on the podcast, um, we always like to ask like where your passion for acting and film came from. Like you know where it kind of stemmed from. What got you interested in wanting to perform or you know be in uh, be in film? Yeah, I, I think I got started with performing at a very, 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 very early age, <laughs> church theater of all things, <laughs> considering what I do now, I think it's funny, but yeah, I, I, my parents were like, my mom would direct a lot of the shows at my church and my dad would perform in them, and then they got me in like the, the kids choir, so we'd always do little kid, you know, performance plays and stuff like that, so that's where I got started with that, but I, I got really interested in the industry itself back when I was a kid when I saw the uh, behind-the-scenes featurette of um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit because I saw how movies were made, and I, mm-hmm. I found that to be extremely interesting. And that's also when I learned about Mel Blanc doing all the voices for all the Looney Tunes characters. I was like, oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I want I, I to do something like that one. They do voices for cartoons or something silly like mm-hmm. that, too. So that's, that's where it all started. It's been a long, long time coming. <laughs> that is so cool. And then did you ever think that, you know, you were going to become what I consider a horror icon, Art the Clown himself? <laughs> like, that is just, that is pretty cool. No, never, <laughs> never. Especially like a horror icon or anything like that. I'm like, I, I was, you know, like most, you know, horror villains are big, huge, hulking man beasts. And I am not that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tall, but I'm skinny as a, you know, bing pole. So just like, <laughs> I, I, you know, I always thought if I was ever going to be in a horror movie, I'd be like, you know, the Jamie Kennedy, like Randy character that <laughs> off or something like that. I never imagined I'd be like the, the villain or anything like that. So it's, it's been pretty cool. It's just, yeah, I'm, I'm feeding a lot of expectations I had for myself. That's awesome. And then how did the part four Art the Clown come up? Like, did they contact your agent about it or like you heard about it and then you just auditioned for it or? Yeah, I heard about it. Um, it was a post they had made on uh, a website called Actors Access. And I, I looked at the part. I already knew the character because I had seen All Hell's Eve and I was a fan of mm-hmm. the character. And I was like, oh, my God, this is a perfect opportunity. I'm mm-hmm. perfect for this. I, I got to you know, go in for this. So I had my agents call them and you know, they set up the, the audition for me and the rest is history. That is so cool. And then, like, when you got put in, like, the prosthetics and everything for the first time, like, how, how did that feel? That must have been oh, that, pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. That was actually my, like, uh, my, I guess, you know, my final audition because I went in for a makeup test and everything like that. And they wanted to get me on camera in the full makeup and to see how it all looked and everything like that. But my final, final test was uh, being in makeup and uh, the doorbell rang and it was the pizza guy. And they wanted me to answer the door as Art the Clown. 
That is so that that it is in the middle of daytime in on Staten Island, and I open the door, and you know that's the last thing someone's expecting to stare at them from the door when they when they're delivering pizza. The guy just looks at me, and goes, "Uh, nope." <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Now I have to imagine, like, since Arthur Clown doesn't talk, he's essentially almost like a mime kind of in a way. What like did you think that was going to be a little bit tricky going into it? Like you know, only using body mm-hmm. movements or. Oh yeah, a, l- a little bit. I thought it was going to be a little tricky because, like, my my thing is I've always done voices. That's how I always do, you know, come up with characterization for you know, each character I've played. It was you know, mm-hmm. figure out what how they would sound and everything would fall in place after that. And I didn't nice. have that luxury mm-hmm. with art. And then of course there's you know no spoken dialogue or anything like that. So mm-hmm. like, okay, how am I going to get my intent across in a mm-hmm. you know in a more like natural way or not natural way but like you know an interesting way an entertaining way yeah i'm right. like well you know he is a clown so let's let's focus more on the, the clowning mm-hmm. aspect of all that and go further with it than what mike gianelli had done mm-hmm. in an all hallows eve and and i i have a long long appreciation of like great silent film actors and silent comedians and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i just pulled from that love and appreciation for those type of actors and put mm-hmm. that into art that is so cool. And then, like, for, you know, since you didn't have any, like, you know, dialogue, did you kind of improv a lot of it? Like, did Damien let you kind of, you know, do your own thing, essentially? Like, Yeah, da- Damien let me play around a lot, especially with, like, the more, like, uh, comedic scenes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's like, when, when it came to, like, the scary stuff, sometimes he would direct me exactly how he wanted my face to be, like, how, how mm-hmm. he wanted like, okay, I want bigger eyes here, I want a big smile here, I want no expression at all, like, when I'm shooting uh terror with the gun he's like i want mm-hmm. no expression just dead cold eyes all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff so but other scenes like the pizzeria scene or like the costume shop scene in part two and mm-hmm. stuff like that he's just like just go to town that <laughs> is have so fun cool. just play around see what we come up with mm-hmm. that but, yeah. is so cool and then how was it working on like the first terrifier so like when you initially got the part and everything like how was that like was that your first ever horror movie you ever worked on or anything like yeah that? that was my first real film that i worked on besides doing extra work too mm-hmm. so it was it was a big huge you know trial by fire for me because you know i, I was having to basically learn this industry on on the job you know, it's like I, I didn't go to school for acting or anything like that. So I had to learn all this terminology, all about placement and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. being in my frame, all that kind of stuff on the job. And I am I'm just grateful I had a great team with me that would help me through all that. And I, I was I was I was a little bit nervous too because I was taking on a character that someone else had played before me and the like Mike Gianelli who played him in All House Eve did such mm-hmm. a fantastic job. And I know how I am as a fanboy when a new character Oh, like a new person comes in to play a character that someone mm. else has already played really well. I, I usually hate their performances at first. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, oh god, no, the original actor was so much better. So I was like, oh god, that's all got to come back and bite me in the ass now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet that felt like a lot of pressure because I like how you're saying like when actors like man, like superhero movies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. another actor plays them and people are like, oh, well, we like the other actor and all that. Yeah. So that must have you know being fresh into something like that into like your first like big movie and everything. I could only imagine that was probably a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure there for me. So, you know, that's why I wanted to take what Mike had already done and then put my own stink on it. It was like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I, I took the basics of what he did and because he gave me a great foundation to build on and then I just added to it. Mm-hmm. 
And then I remember the first time I saw Terrifier, it was on Netflix. And mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about it. And after I watched it, I was like, okay, now I know like what the whole like hype is around it. Cause like it was it's a <laughs> horror movie, but it's just like it's so over the top in such an amazing way, like the gore and everything. You're just like your jaws drop by the time you finish watching it. Like it's oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And then like, did you think that the movie was gonna become like a pop culture phenomenon, like as big as it really did? Like Oh gosh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no we, we we hope. We really all because we thought we had something really cool there. We're like, this is, you know, I was like, this is this could be, you know, this could be a game changer. But like, I was being realistic too because it's <laughs> like this is a a low budget independent film. So who knows if anybody's even going to see this dang thing? <laughs> because like we're competing with it in you know the big Hollywood movies that were coming out. So I was like, ah, well, I I think we got something great here. Damien, all the whole entire crew and everything. We're all like, yeah, we got something awesome here, <laughs> but god i hope someone could see this thing and yeah yeah and part two when when i read the script for part two i was like oh my god this is this is gonna blow everybody out of the water this is going to change Mm -hmm. things but i'm like again i was like i know the content of part two and i'm like yeah i i I think it'd be great if we could get this thing in the theaters Mm -hmm. i think that would change everything but knowing how the industry can be with, you know, violent movies and gore and right. stuff like that, I was like, there's the likelihood we're like, yeah, there's very lo- little likelihood we can get this thing in theaters. And but I'm like, yeah, but if, if we can get this thing <laughs> in the theaters, it's going to change the game. Absolutely. So it, it, and it did. It, it did, it did <laughs> yeah. really well. Cause um, when it came out, I was actually working at a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you can see it, but that poster behind me, yes. we got one, we got one poster. And I got to keep it. And then um, I met you back in February at CreepyCon in yes, Ontario. Yes, yes. And I got it. I got it all signed by the cast and everything. So that, that was really exciting. Oh, and that I remember, was fun. Uh, it was a really nice convention. Yeah. Really nice. And I know Damien got excited when he saw it because he's like, this is double sided. He's like, this is the real thing. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I used to work in a movie theater. I was like, it's, I was like, it's, a, it's a theater print poster. So that was pretty cool. And yeah. then I remember when we played it at the theater, like people were coming out and they were just like, Oh my gosh, like what did I just watch? That was insane. Like that was crazy. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was, that was a fun experience because you know, that's like, like I said, when I read the script, I'm like this is a movie that needs to be seen with an audience. Absolutely. This is an audience experience type of movie. And those, that's the thing. It's like, especially coming out of COVID, that's it's a wonderful thing to go back in the theater and have that kind of experience with an audience. And, we got to do that. We, I went to a few showings here in the city with an audience that did not know I was in the audience. So I got to really sit there and see people really react to this thing, not knowing I was there. So you, awesome. know, you got the genuine reactions and that was so much fun. I mean, I, I remember this one, I saw it up at Lincoln center and there was a guy sitting on the road behind me the whole entire time. His reactions were hysterical throughout the whole entire, like, especially with the alley kill. Just one time he just yells, like, oh, my gosh, he's still alive. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I was like, I, I had to turn to him at the end of the movie and go, like, dude, you just made my night. <laughs> it's like, you, you, this is, this is why I want this thing to be in movies and in mm-hmm. theaters everywhere. So, you know, people could really have that kind of experience because people were having, you got so many different reactions, in the audience, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the stories of people passing out and puking is real. Yeah. That real, I've had so many people come up to me and show me videos of stuff happening in <laughs> theaters or just relaying their own firsthand. Like mm-hmm. this one person said they saw someone puke and then they passed out and hit their head on the, 
the, the seat in front of them and oh they gotta, like, get rushed out. I'm like, Oh my God. That's crazy. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. And I think it's always better just for any movie to be seen in a theater because like mm-hmm. the reaction, like seeing the movie itself and like in front of your TV or something is different, but seeing it with the audience of people, their reactions, it's like, it, it gets me more excited and everything. And it's just like, yeah. it makes it so much better. And especially for a movie like terrifier too. I mean, that being in a theater like probably made it 10 times even better and it was just like amazing oh it it was great and i i'm 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 hoping that you know we we're starting a new trend in in, especially in horror films i i hope or um we've put a fire under hollywood's butt now and i i hope you know we're opening a doors a lot a lot for um other independent films out there absolutely and i i think we are because you know we've now got other films that have come out in theaters that weren't going to be released in theaters. I mean, main one was one of them, but I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, Winnie the Pooh and, right. uh, and Skinner Rink, stuff like that. So it's like, it's giving a lot of the independent films a chance to finally be seen in the format that, you know, they wanted to be seen in the first mm-hmm. place. And it's giving them a bigger audience and more exposure. And I think that's great mm-hmm. because it's like, it's, there's so many great independent filmmakers out there with some great ideas and concepts that just don't get recognized. Oh, absolutely. Because they're overshadowed by the, the Hollywood studio system. And, and so those, those independent films that have the new ideas that are like going to innovate the industry. So it's, it's, it's great that this is starting to happen now absolutely and speaking of uh independent films like with winnie the pooh i remember when that came out it, it did great at the box office now they want to do like a mm-hmm. whole like universe for it and everything yeah so i think just a little bit of exposure to like these movies it, it changes a lot for, yeah. for people and rightfully really so like they deserve does. it which is which is really good and especially like i think terrifier 2 definitely paved the way for it as soon as that yeah. came out and it blew up and then people were like oh like i want to see this i want to see that the films that they would probably just look over like and wouldn't yeah. think anything of it but now it's like it's changed so much yeah and i remember yeah. like everybody was asking when i was working at the movie theater everybody asking like are you guys still showing terrifier 2 and i was like no i was like it was just a limited release and everything and we had so many people asking about it because they got so excited hearing their friends talk yeah. about it and family yeah. and everything and that's that was, so cool it's so cool <laughs> and it's yeah it's so cool i remember seeing the first one and i was like oh i was like i wish i could see this in the movie theater and as soon as because they didn't tell us um because they will just like send us like a poster and then i saw yeah. the terrifier 2 poster and i didn't even see that like i didn't see the the website from bloody disgusting saying that it was going to be in theaters and i got like super excited i was just like no way i was like that's pretty <laughs> that is pretty cool like, yeah it's it's pretty cool also another thing i thought was pretty cool too is like i've heard from so many people that saw it multiple times in the theater too like some people like they wouldn't see it five six times in theater i'm like holy crap it was like in the day and age where you know movie t- theater tickets are about 20 dollars a pop i'm like that's that person's spending about a hundred dollars to see this movie in the theater and i'm like that's that's dedication there but it's like you don't hear about people going back to see a movie again in the theater i mean i think the last time i went back to do that was when i i, I went back to see the the dark knight again the second time in the theater because i just mm-hmm. wanted to see it again so it's like yeah so i, I think i think it's really cool to hear those kind of stories mm-hmm. yeah it really is cool and it's so crazy like how it like blew up and everything and then i have to ask like after the first terrifying everything, when you started doing like conventions and stuff like that, mm-hmm. how, like, how did that feel? Like the response like from fans was pretty, oh, pretty yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, it's been, you know, quite a change with the convention scene for me. I mean, I, I was already having a great time and doing pretty well at these conventions, but mm-hmm. I'm like, it's, it's the, the increase of the fans that have come out to meet us has just been 
substantial. That is so <laughs> this cool. Is, I was like, I, I went to like, you know, um, a horror hound last year in Cincinnati and I did pretty well. I did probably one of the best conventions I had ever done at that point. And then this year I went back, you know, just a year later and I was like, okay, we'll see how it is because like I was just there last year. So I don't know if I, and I had about triple, almost quadruple the turnout that I'd had last year. And I was <laughs> like, this is insane. Wow. Yeah. I almost had like Matthew Lillard level lines. This is insane. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) And then I bet hearing like all the stories and everything for the fans like that, that must feel awesome. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And it's, and I am glad, you know, that the rest of the cast and crew is, is being able to experience that too. Cause a lot of them are coming out to the conventions themselves. I mean, you, you saw like, you know, Lauren and Elliot and Leah there and, um, creep by econ and stuff like mm-hmm. that and i'm like because i the whole time we were filming it's like guys 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 you you have no idea you know if this thing gets released in theaters it's going to change gonna everything change for a us lot. it's just going to change a lot and you guys can start doing these conventions mm-hmm. you're going to have a blast and you know, it's like they had to wait like three years for this too because it took forever for this movie to come out mm-hmm. and and I'm, I'm so excited for them now to be finally able to experience all that. Mm-hmm. Like what I've been telling them about for years, they're finally getting experience. I'm like, yes, isn't mm-hmm. this great? It's fun. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. And then I have to ask working on terrifier and terrifier Two, what is your favorite kill from each of those movies that you've done? Uh, part one. I mean, most people would think I would say would be the Dawn kill. I mean, that's my second favorite. I, I really love the, the exterminator decapitation. <laughs> that, that's, that was just fun. That was a lot of fun that night, you know, turning a human being into a pest dispenser, <laughs> like a soccer ball. It's a lot of fun. And I think it's a really good decapitation too. It's just like, it's pretty, oof, pretty gory. Uh, but of course, part two, it's gotta be Allie's kill. I mean, that, that was that's in, that's an insane scene it's mm-hmm. like and, and it just got more insane because of covid because we had all this extra time to like sit there and like go back to the drawing board and make all the prosthetics they wanted to make and we took our time with it took a week to film that scene because it was oh, wow. so prosthetic heavy and mm-hmm. it came out great that is so cool and yeah. i think that's the big thing that people love about terrifier is like all of the like the kills and everything it's all practical practical yeah. effects kind of taking it back to like horror roots of like mm-hmm. horror movies and i think that's what everybody appreciates instead of like yeah. cgi heavy and yeah. stuff like that like it and it looks so much more realistic yeah. too yeah. and that's just like exactly. the jaw dropper you know everybody's it, just like i mean we did use a little bit of cgi but only when mm-hmm. we absolutely had to like and but it's it's hard to tell too because mm-hmm. of like like most people don't know is but like you know like with uh, the decapitation of the um I do a lot of decapitations, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the decapitation of the, um, the, uh, the, the worker in the, the Halloween store, you know, <laughs> you, you have his eye opening and closing right after, you know, I chop off his head and yeah. that was just what we did. We just did rudimentary, you know, CG work there where we, we just put Jonath on his side and like filmed his face. And then we put the prosthetic in the same position that his face had been in, then just superimposed the face onto the prosthetic. We did the same thing with Allie in the bed when she wakes up and does the whole opening her eye and goes, Mom, that, you know, that was a puppet, mm-hmm. but we just superimpose um, um, uh, Casey's face on there. And, mm-hmm. and it's, that's, uh, to me, that's how CG should be used. Absolutely. It, you know, if, if you can do it with the prosthetic, do it with the prosthetic. 
you know if not okay yeah it's like it's it's that's what that's what i like and plus i like working with prosthetics anyway because like, as an actor it gives you something to work off of you're right. not having to pretend that there's something there you're actually mm-hmm. you know pulling something off or you're getting squirted in the face with something and you're like oh god yeah because I mean, you, you will <laughs> react differently if you're pretending you're getting splattered in the face with blood right. than actually getting blood to the face because your body just naturally reacts a certain way mm-hmm. so it just it, it adds so much more to the performances i think Absolutely. And then with the prosthetics, I know Damien worked on the, the prosthetics, right? Like the FX as mm-hmm. well. And then um, like how you said, like one scene took like a week. Did like the prosthetics, since it was more practical, did it like take longer to do like certain scenes and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like we <laughs> errors always happen with these prosthetics. You know, we're doing the old school blood tubes where someone's just on the other side with a plunger or just blowing into mm-hmm. the the tube to get the blood to go out and mm-hmm. things always go awry. So we're having to do multiple takes. I, I, I know like when we're just doing the whole bit where I'm having to, you know, bite into the heart, we'd had to do so many different takes of that because I had so many like tubes up my sleeve going into the heart. And, you know, mm-hmm. if I move my hand a fraction of an inch, one way or the other you would see the tubes and you know it just it was that was oh that was madness because it was <laughs> i it was just constantly just i would just constantly have blood just squirting up in my face i'm like oh, we gotta do it again I'm like god <laughs> and, and then for something like that like a retake like if you have like the blood and essentially like say you have to be like clean face for that you have to like redo everything right like, oh yeah oh yeah wow. yeah it's it's it, it can be maddening at times it just luckily most of the time i'm already covered in blood so that's a good thing so it's like yeah it's just a little extra blood no one will notice but it's like mm-hmm. you you have those moments where it's like oh yeah you gotta start off clean then you gotta get bloody and it's like ah, oh, god i hope we get this in the first take mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then so like you, with like the like the process for that like especially for like arts makeup how long does that usually take for like um it started off when we were doing part one it took about four hours because oh, wow. um we were just applying, gluing it to my face and Damien would paint everything. And that it would just take a while because you had to let everything dry and mm-hmm. then apply more. And then that was just the whole process. Now he, he pre-paints the mask and then does the fine detailing with like the oh. black pencil work and stuff like that later mm-hmm. on after you up goes it to my face but um it takes about an hour and a half now, I would say, okay. depending on, you know, how much battle damage I have to have and blood splatters because <laughs> we, oh, we, that's the biggest pain in the butt is trying to, get um uh you know the continuity with the blood splatters you know right day it's just like oh god <laughs> but um yeah and we've also moved to a better mask too we were still using it in part one and two uh we were using a gelatin mask but later on we moved to a, a foam latex mask that holds up so much better so like you might see photos of me with q-tips in my nose and that's because I was trying to keep my nose from running because it was so cold when we're filming. Oh. Because if the any if the the gelatin mask, if any moisture gets on the gelatin, it starts to disintegrate. And I was we would have to basically do all my close ups, you know, first because my mask would just tear and fall apart because of moisture from the drooling from my teeth and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, but with the foam latex, that's not really a problem anymore. I I can. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go back to triage every few hours or something like that to get my mm-hmm. makeup all fixed and everything. So it's, it's much nicer process now. Mm-hmm. So we're learning. So by the time we do terrifier 10 in space, you know, we're going <laughs> to have it down to a science. 
That is so cool. And speaking of uh, like another Terrifier movie, I know there's been like talks of Terrifier three. Is that mm-hmm. going to happen? Oh, yeah. Or? Oh, that's definitely happening. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Oh, definitely. He's so cool. he's writing it as we speak right now. Um, he's. I, I, I don't know how this man keeps the sanity. He's writing that, and he's also doing a treatment for something with Sam Raimi with Ghost House Pictures right now, too. Oh, so it's that's just like, awesome. yeah, so he's busy. He's, he's, he's busy. He's busy. <laughs> it's like, and, and, and he's doing all these conventions. He's unfortunately had to cancel a few conventions because he just has to, because he's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I have to have time to, if, if people want more Terrifier, I got to have a little bit of time to work on it. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he's, he's definitely writing part three. He's already, you know, um, talking to people about you know uh, funding and stuff like that for it too like possibly you know you know we might get studios behind it and stuff like that but you know that's all you know deal whatever deals he can work out because you know still mm-hmm. he wants to maintain terrifier as it is you know he, he doesn't want to just sell out to a studio and just do a a watered down version he wants to still retain the core core concepts of you know mm-hmm. what people come to expect from terrifier films mm-hmm. so and and i think now we've kind of proven it to the industry people that oh yeah okay this is what people want and this will put butts in seats so just let us do what we do and you'll make a profit so absolutely we'll, we'll see where all that goes but we're hoping to start you know filming um hopefully this fall Boom, if all exciting. goes according to plan so i'm excited so <laughs> that'll be pretty cool and then yeah. do you think well, i mean depending like if the script like have you if, like seen anything for the script or anything do you think you'd bring anything different to art this come around for the next movie based oh, yeah. on like terrifier 2 oh yeah i i haven't seen the script yet but mm-hmm. i know a lot of the big concepts he has in store for it and mm-hmm. yeah we're, we're we're gonna see some new things from art in this one and, and i know one thing in particular he wants to be um even more dark and brutal this time around with art. Oh, he he cool. wants this to be the, the Empire Strikes Back version of Terrifier. So it's going to be so cool. much more dark and brutal, but still fun. But you know, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I look at it this way, you know, Art thought he was pretty much invincible in part two. Then he gets, you know, his head chopped off like that. And he's so he's he comes back with a vengeance. He's pissed off now. He's like, okay, oh, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. I'm yeah. excited. And like I hope for years to come we just get more and more terrifier because to oh, me man. these never get they're so good. Oh thank you, man. So, I, I'm I do too. I, I love playing the character. There's so much I still want to do with him. So I'll, I'll continue playing this guy and as long as people want the movies to, you know, or as long as we can keep coming up with stories to tell for him. Mm-hmm. I, I he's he's a fun character and I love the universe that he's in. Absolutely. And I, I think like when it got released theaters and everything, it brought even more people to it and people like they see what you know why it's so big and like how amazing it is you know yeah. i think that's what's really cool so i i'm excited for terrifier 3 now thank that's, you thank that you, is thank that is gonna be exciting oh yeah i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool that is amazing um i just wanted to thank you again so much for taking time out of your day to be on the podcast with us oh, like you. this was You're very welcome super super cool um and then before we let you go is there anything that you want to tell the listeners any upcoming projects any social yeah. media anything like that yeah, I um I just actually finished filming a new movie um just last week out in Los Angeles called The Dead Place, which nice. was um we did a big huge Indiegogo campaign for it. So, you know, that was pretty much 
funded by a bunch of Terrifier fans, which is Very really cool. cool. So it's like that, that's, that was awesome. We had a lot of those, a lot of our Art of the Con Appreciation Society people on set as some characters I got to kill in the movie and stuff like that too. So that was a lot of fun. So I'm excited for people to see this. This is another thing that we're hoping is going to be at least a, a franchise or a trilogy or something like that too. And I get to talk in this one too. So <laughs> you get to that's see a different cool. side of me. So that's, that's going to be fun. But um, yeah, of course, doing tons of conventions coming up and stuff like that too. So I'm, I'm like, God, I'm doing so many conventions this year. <laughs> I'm all over the place. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to be back in your area later on this year. And I think August, I'm going to be at days of the dead in Los Angeles. Oh, awesome. So yeah. You know, so if LA people, you know, come out, but you know, just, you know, I, I'm going to be all over the United States this year. So, you know, if you're, I, I am probably going to be somewhere near you, whoever's watching, you know, so <laughs> come out and see me. Very cool. Very cool. Well, David, this has been a pleasure. It's been a dream come true having uh, having you on the podcast with us. So I thank you again so, so, so much thank you, thank for you, being thank on. You, thank you. And um, I hope uh, we'll chat again soon. Thank you yes, so much. Definitely, definitely. You take good care, man. You too. Take care. Thank All you. Right. Bye. All right. So that concludes our interview with insanely talented David Howard Thornton, Art the Clown himself, ladies and gentlemen, from Terrifier and Terrifier 2. Still pretty insane that we got to have him on the podcast. It's still so surreal. And as we always say, you guys probably get so annoyed of us saying this, but thank you all so much for all the support. Um, Because without you guys, this stuff is not possible. And we are hoping from here going forward, it's, um, you know, much more bigger things for, for all of us, you know, for you as the listeners and um, for the podcast. So I just wanted to thank all of you guys so much for the support. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will catch you all on the next one. Bye-bye.